Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. What's going on, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the State of the Nova Nation podcast presented by VU Hoops. I'm Emma Houghton, he's Pat Zhang, and we are coming at you with the first ever women's basketball recap episode. After the men got eliminated a few weeks ago, the women played in Greenville, South Carolina on Friday afternoon against the number nine seeded Miami Hurricanes they unfortunately fell 70 to 65, but Pat, how awesome is it that we're doing this episode A and that we have a phenomenal game to recap B? Our summer vacation this time last was shorter than our one last year when Jay Wright uh, <laughs> disturbed our little, uh, our little break from podcasting. But no, of course, we were thrilled uh, to be able to hop on here and be able to cover the women's team. Um it was a great game. It, it was excited to be able to do this. Unbelievably bummed on the results. Very proud of the way they fought back in this game. But, uh, you know, it stinks to see them bow out this way, though. A sweet 16 appearance. Uh, you know, the first one in, in 20 years for this program is certainly nothing to scoff at. Absolutely not. And and the building block for next year and, and Denise Dillon's third season as head coach. There's so much to look forward to in the future. I think I'm equally disappointed because I felt like it was final four or at least elite eight but final four or bust for Villanova because Miami eliminated Indiana the one seed Mm. and that felt like the one barrier that Villanova might not be able to get past of course LSU was waiting them was waiting for them in the elite eight potentially which is another huge powerhouse in college basketball but it just stinks that they got such a luck of the draw with the nine seed instead of Indiana and fell to the Hurricanes who I mean one of the best first half action yeah. you can expect from this team, but truly crashed and burned down the stretch and Villanova made such a comeback late. It was just unfortunately too little too late. And they are hot right now. Uh, Miami, obviously, as they go to an elite eight, you know, that that win against Indiana was at Assembly Hall. Very difficult place to play. Takes down the number one seed. They also beat Oklahoma State uh, by a single point there in the first round. So. Miami is just playing with house money right now. Uh, They're on fire. They're getting these games, these close games to break in their fashion. And they're able to do so today because, as you said, they just came out firing and really blitzed Villanova from the start, put them in a huge hole that the Cats did claw back from. uh, But but in the end, Miami was just able to ride it out. Yeah, I saw in the ESPN postgame show that Miami has won its three tournament games by a combined eight points. Yeah, there you go. Eight points in three games. That is absurd compared to Villanova, especially who cruised past their first two opponents. So again, Pat and I are just are so excited to be able to do this episode. 
Interesting that we're coming at you before any men's news, but we're gonna yes. we're gonna finish up with that at the end of the episode. Anybody I, home? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I wanted to start with looking back on Villanova's season from a numbers perspective. Sure, they finished thirty and seven on the year. I just want to read off who those seven losses were to. <laughs> Number 21 seed, Baylor, that has one of the most legendary women's college basketball programs in the country. Mm-hmm. Number 13, Creighton. Number 14, Iowa State. Three straight losses to UConn. Well, not straight in that order, but the three conference losses were to UConn. And then this Sweet 16 defeat to the number nine seed in the tournament, who, as we mentioned, had just come off the number one takedown, Miami. That is remarkable. Mm-hmm. Oh, to, what to, a season for them. I mean, seriously, to to have the 30 wins on its own, but then to only be losing to that caliber of opponent shows just how far this team has come in the conference. They're one of the powerhouses now. Mm-hmm. They're really second behind UConn, and Maddie Segrist is a huge part of that, but it's just been the restructuring of this whole program, the way they play defense, the way they structure their offense, the way they can rebound, the way they work in transition, which I thought was really good against Miami. They came up a little bit short, but wow, what a season. Yeah, Creighton and DePaul have historically, you know, had some really good women's programs towards the top of the Big East, along with UConn. Uh, St. John's, I know, went to the, the tournament as well this year. But as you said, Villanova is most certainly on the up and up. And over the past two years, at least, has been a real challenger uh, for Connecticut back-to-back Big East title games there. Uh, for the Cats, this was their first 30-win season in program history. Another awesome accomplishment there for Denise Dillon. And then you, know, you want to talk about the the streak Villanova was on to, to close out this season. They won 21 out of their last 25 games. And of those four losses, three of them were to UConn. And then one of them was to Miami today. This, this was an incredibly talented Villanova team, one of the more fun Villanova teams to watch in recent memory as well. Um, I know I will look very fondly upon this season. As I said, the Sweet 16 is absolutely nothing to scoff at. I think we all had dreams of a potential regional final uh, or, or final four, uh, understanding how the cards were breaking. But even if they won this game, what Miami is going to face, I know LSU and Utah are about to face off as as we record this, and especially that LSU team is crazy talented as well. So it would have been a tough bet, but overall, if you want to look at the numbers here, I mean, how impressive uh, a season yeah. has it been. And regardless, we've, we've mentioned this a lot on, on earlier episodes, so we don't have to go too deep here, but two sell-offs at the fin, a send-off to go to the Sweet 16. The the Villanova community really rallied behind this women's team, and I mentioned it to Pat. It's all over my Twitter timeline. It's it's really cool, and this team absolutely deserved it no matter how far they went, and it just so happened that it came down to nearly a one-possession game, the Sweet 16 game. <laughs> but this yes. was, I mean, talk about a, a tale of the box scores. Go ahead and look at these four quarters of play because it does a pretty <laughs> good job, and I think – we can go into a little bit more depth about how close Villanova made it in the final minutes, especially the second to last play call where Maddie missed a really heartbreaking shot that that could have changed the landscape of this game. But a 14 to nothing run to end the third quarter, Villanova would have been the first team to win a game when they were down by 20 plus points. That's happened once before in women's college basketball tournament history. And they were down 21, so they would have broken that record. And I I really thought they were going to do it. 
Did you, Pat? I, I guess I haven't even asked you that yet. Did you think they could really win it? At halftime, I did not. Uh, I almost so, turned it off at half. I, I know. I, I texted you and Eugene. Like, it was it was rough at, at halftime. I mean, and, and why that was, was Miami shot 59% in the first half. They, they got to the bucket at will. They scored at will. And they more than doubled Villanova on the boards. Now, all of that really changed in the second half. Once Nova started to bring it back, and I believe it was once the score was 57 to 50 or so, um, that's when I started to believe that, okay, here they come. They can pull this thing off. And they almost did. They took the lead, you know, with under a minute left. But Miami uh, and Destiny Harden in particular uh, came through with a massive, massive shot there. And then, of course, they Nova just wasn't able to get those final shots from Seagrass down the stretch. Yeah, Harden with two straight games now with basically either the game winning or the game clinching shot, which is which is awesome for her. The Maddie pickpocket steal basket and one was when I really thought they could do it. It it was funny, too, because I literally said this out loud to myself. They completely flipped the script on Miami. They started doing to Miami what Miami did to them in, in the first half, the full port, the full court press turning for uh forcing turnovers turning them into points and then really the story of this game was rebounding Villanova was torched on the boards in the first half they were literally giving Miami no less than two chances in every possession sometimes it was three or four Mm -hmm. and that's why it was so painful to watch at times the final numbers are still pretty ugly Villanova was out rebounded 44 to 32 but the number that I think shows how while Villanova was able to get back into this game was they were only out rebounded 15 to 14 on the offensive end. Yeah. Seagrass did a really good job of, of getting second chance points back up to the rim and, and getting fouled and getting fouled and getting to the line and making those free throws. I think she finished 14 for 15 Correct. from the line. So something that the men do really well too, but I just thought it was unbelievable how Villanova seriously used what Miami was doing to them to totally flip the script of this game and make it so close. They did because that, that's what Miami did phenomenally early was they brought that full court pressure and what it did was it made sure that the ball really wasn't in Lucy Olsen's hands bringing it up to the court because once she would she inbounded it or once she was inbounding it they brought double teams rather fast and she had to get rid of it pretty quick for, for Nova to be able to cross half court. Really good strategy there for Miami to be able to try and speed things up and make sure Nova's best primary ball handler wasn't able to initiate offense there and because of that Villanova wasn't always able to get in sync. They did a much better job uh, to a advance the ball with, with some of the you know the secondary players, whether it be a Mullen or a Burke uh, or a Runyon played a lot in the second half because mm. she's a very strong ball handler. Uh, so that was important for Nova or being able to get the ball back to Lucy uh, to get back into those offensive sets there. So I, I give Denise a ton of credit for the adjustments that they were able to make. And you bring up Maddie Seagrest. I. I guess we've gone too far without really uh, discussing, uh, you know, some of the implications that she was able to tap into here. You know, 31 points for her uh, in this game. That is all three games in this NCAA tournament that she eclipsed 30 points. She has scored over 20 points in every single game this year, which is a new Division One record. 37 straight games for her of 20 or more points. And now will go down in the history books as having the second most points by a single player in a single season in women's basketball history, only behind Kelsey Plum and not that many behind Kelsey Plum no. as well. I mean, what what an, I, 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 what am I even supposed to say uh, at this point with her? Just one of the 
all-time great college basketball players, period, in, in Maddie Segrist. We've transcended Villanova basketball. Oh, absolutely. I absolutely agree with that point. And I'm so glad you mentioned Kelsey Plum specifically because now she's one of the faces of the WNBA, which is pretty freaking cool. Um, the funny thing about this performance specifically, I think she's averaging 33 at least points in the NCAA tournament, which is absurd. Her over underline was 29 and a half. Let that sink in a little bit for a single game. I actually thought the broadcast did a really good that, job. Uh, that off the top of your head. Yeah, we're we're not we're not uh totally upset about everything that happened in this game. But but anyways, um the broadcast did such a good job of putting Maddie's season in context and, and talking about the fact that she, like I said, she's, she's literally transcending Villanova. She's transcending Villanova men's basketball. She's transcending college basketball. She is putting her name in the presence of other greats. And this mm -hmm. game specifically, you have to take a step back and pinch yourself a little bit because I really think Maddie would, own up to the fact that this wasn't one of her best games. She was just eight for 29 from the field, but she had 13 rebounds, yeah. 31 points, and 14 of them came from the free throw line. She was still absolutely the most important player on the floor for Villanova. And it's no, it's no wonder that even on a quote unquote off day, coach Denise Dillon still draws up the play for her to get the mm -hmm. winning shot. And unfortunately she missed it. So I think, that's what it comes down to when I think about Maddie's play. There are shots that she gets set up for that you almost laugh at because you immediately think, oh, that's a bad possession. Why is she making that shot? Or why is she taking that shot? And then she makes it over and over and over again. Everybody now has talked about the high release point and the way she's mm -hmm. able to work in the post and the fact that she has the three-point shot. It's everything. She is truly one of the best college basketball players we've ever seen and to go to even the Sweet 16, to be on that level in the conversation for National Player of the Year and tournament most outstanding player, that that is pretty awesome for her. And she had five steals today on, yeah. on defense too, which I, I think spoke to her ability to really cut off entry passes from Miami uh, into the paint and be able to turn them over. And then the just the offensive rebounding that, that she did. I know it was five, which may not stand out to anyone as a crazy amount, but Villanova finished with 14 uh, as a team. And it felt like every one of those five was an impactful five where she was able to get it, go back up and either make it or get fouled and go to the line where she made almost every foul shot too. So um, we genuinely could spend the whole podcast just talking about Maddie, but uh, she, she needed the spotlight because again, just what a ridiculous performance to, in my mind, will cap off her career. I, I will be very surprised if she is back and exercises that additional year at Villanova. She's very much on track to be an NBA first round draft pick where exactly I think we'll we'll find out, you know, hopefully towards the top because she most certainly has earned it. But we'll see if someone around Villanova can come in with a, a rather large mm -hmm. NIL package and potentially keep Maddie here for one more year. That would make things interesting because the the saying that your draft stock couldn't possibly be any higher isn't necessarily the case anymore because you could be making more money in college than you mm -hmm. could in the NBA or WNBA. She's in the top five right now, according to a couple ESPN mocks. So As she should be. I, and with that sweet. in mind, I think she's going to go, even yeah. if there's like an NNIL deal. I mean, start your professional career, be a top five pick and, and go play professionally. I, I totally get it. Um so that, that's what I think is going to happen. But hey, you, you never know. Um, so we shall see. I agree with you. She also redshirted. So I think she has been there been for five here years now. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, I mean, people have done it. Uh, you mentioned 
the the periphery players here the olsons christina dalsey had a phenomenal game she's gonna the be basket a star too. around this program eight rebounds 13 points all of those were impactful as well just the grit to stay in the paint against those miami defenders who again torched them in the first half i wanted to touch on bella runyon a little bit because big bella maddie, fan here yeah maddie burke has been lauded all season long as the three-point shooter she's the starter I think one of the coolest facts in college basketball is that Villanova didn't change their starting five all season long. That talks to just how consistent this team can be. I'm pretty sure that's right. Uh, Maddie Burke just didn't have the three-point shot on Friday. She yeah. was 0 for 5. She just did not have that shot. Bella Runyon, though, brought the defensive spark. And late in the second half, I think those two stops to end the first half were really big because that halted the momentum a little bit. And then Villanova was able to finally get some offense going in the second half. That maybe doesn't start if Bell Runyon doesn't provide that defensive presence that Villanova needed. Because in the first 10, 15 minutes, it looked like Miami might score 100 points on them. <laughs> it did. It certainly felt that way. Uh, no, they desperately needed to stop the bleeding going into halftime. And they did. They were able to hold Miami scoreless for at least the final minute of the half. If it wasn't a little longer than that, Miami then comes out firing uh, early in the third quarter and it's like, here we go again. It's just going to mm-hmm. continue. But from then on, the defensive intensity really, really ramped up. Um, and, uh, you know, they they went on their 13-0 run to eventually cut things down. Uh, and we we know how it ended from there. Yeah, this was also a fun game to watch because there were only five combined made three-pointers. How many times are you saying that in a college basketball game nowadays? Miami had no interest with the three. I mean, nor should they have because they were able to get to the basket at will with some of their speed around the perimeter. And they just they screened Villanova to death uh, and were able to to slip past some defenders with, with, you know, some some longer rotations from Nova. So I totally understand why they only took 10 threes. But yeah, to your point, Miami went three of 10 and Nova went two of 16 from beyond the arc. So a game played um, in the paint and at the free throw line. Yeah, Villanova absolutely needed a few more of those to go. I think yeah. they are they are very reliant on the three, and, and that definitely would have changed the landscape of the game. But the other the other big stat that stuck out to me besides the rebounding was uh, Villanova had eleven turnovers. I think only five of them came in the second half. So I believe you're correct. Yep, they played a much cleaner game in the second half, anyways. But they forced twenty one turnovers. And that's why I'm having such a hard time swallowing this loss because, mm-hmm. yes, Miami was phenomenal in the first half offensively and defensively. Defensively, They did not make Villanova look like a good team. But the way that Villanova fought back in the second half, maybe it's recency bias, maybe it's bias, period. But I felt like they were the team that that deserved to move on just based on the attitude and, and the way that they played down the stretch of this game. And what it came down to was just that Villanova's offense had put themselves in such a hole that they couldn't yeah. climb back. And then Miami hit their shots down the stretch. Yeah, at, at, literally at, the at final the minute literally, or so. Yeah, yeah, yeah and that, that Destiny Harden three was, was so big, and then they found a way to hit their foul shots uh, at, at the end of the game too, and, and that really did it for you. But I, I'm so proud uh, of this team um you know for all they've been able to accomplish talked about it a little bit on the last show uh when we did the the instant reaction to the uh, Florida Gulf Coast game about just the the program that Denise Dillon is building you know through 3 years and the the ascension that they are on and the path that they are on to continue 
establishing themselves towards, you know, getting towards that, that upper end of women's college basketball is phenomenal. I loved to see the Finn um, packed in, in different ways throughout the season here. I love to see the students as into it as they were. Uh, this team was really in tune with, with the fans and, and were just so fun to watch. I mean, th- this was an awesome run. And as disappointed as I am, as disappointed as you are, as disappointed to as the people listening to this, I, I think we look back and are just super, super proud of our girls here. And uh, what a run. 100%. Yeah, you really couldn't have put it better. And and Miami is definitely on a historic fun run of yeah. their own to not sound fire. like a completely sore loser. Yeah, no, that, it's, that's a, it's Florida Atlantic. That's a cool run. Yeah, yeah, true. It is Florida Atlantic, which I cannot believe they beat Tennessee last night. But hey. It's March Madness. Didn't expect that to happen, but I do agree with the the non Cinderella label there. FAU won. Oh no way! They are not a Cinderella. Season. Yeah, please yeah. no. This is not Princeton. This is mm-hmm. a t- this is which I mean, we'll see what happens against Creighton. Everyone will know what happens against Creighton um, when you hear this. But no, that is a talented team. Matt Norlander was beating that drum for a while. <laughs> yeah, and uh, he was correct. Yeah, they were underseeded nine for sure. Um, no, I think truly what you said just summed it up perfectly. And I get if Maddie does move on to the mm-hmm. to the draft, you could see how this team could take a step back. But just wait for the ascension of Christina Dalsey and Lucy Olson to exactly. just name two. There's still a lot of talent there waiting under the wings because Maddie had the total spotlight this year as she should have. But there's still a lot to be excited about. There, there certainly is. And it's very difficult um to re- replace someone that scores 20 plus points in 37 straight games yeah, you can't. Like, no. it's not about replacing it this uh, point. Yeah. thanks genius uh for me on on that <laughs> one um and, and someone that averaged almost 30 points per game there but you know you do have lucy olsen who i will be a junior and i think will continue to grow into a player that uh this is going to be her team uh in my mind uh christina dulce as we said you know i i firmly believe we'll, we'll get better another year of Bella Runyon Caitlin mm-hmm. O'Reilly can continue going like there are still pieces around here I, I know losing Maddie Maddie is of course the the star of the show and, and the go-getter from it but I think you also believe in Denise's ability to recruit and add talent around them um, where this should still be a, a pretty good team next year even if it looks a little different on the front scoring line i, I mean I, I don't doubt that lucy olsen can can continue to to score more and end up in the high teens she averaged basically 13 points a game already this year with, with maddie getting the bulk of the shots so um i'm still excited for for what next year can bring for them as we take a small peek ahead yeah i mean olsen was all biggie's second team and i don't think She's you have stunned. a reason to doubt what dylan has done based on how far she's brought in this program how far she's brought this program in just a few short years. So yeah, exactly. yeah on with, with this, just to, to sum up Maddie's tenure one more time, because this is potentially the last time we'll be talking about her on this pod until she potentially uh, declares for the. Yeah. Until she gets drafted. WNBA then we will draft, celebrate. Which, yeah. Which we'll, we, we will definitely be talking about. Uh, and I meant to mention this in my broadcast portion too. We celebrate career 1000 point scorers in college <laughs> basketball. Maddie scored over. 1000 points in one year in this season she scored over a thousand points just to put a little perspective on Seagrass greatness this year pretty are you, try- are you trying to say that's not normal for a, a single player to score over <laughs> no. a thousand points this no season? it is not no oh. um that is uh she scored more points this year than eric dixon and caleb daniels combined for and those were the men's two leading scores she scored more than them combined it's unbelievable yeah, yeah. 
kind of crazy. Um, and then I, I guess we'll wrap up here with uh, still no news out of the men's program. Uh, nothing yet. We don't have a Cam Whitmore NBA draft declaration. We don't have any transfers out. We don't have any transfers in. And we don't have any changes on the coaching staff. A lot of crickets right now. Mm-hmm. So, uh, But we will have you covered when and if those things or those dominoes start to fall. Yeah, don't even say if. They got to be know, happening at this point. But I think you you could have put money that the next time we spoke, it would have been about men's news as opposed to women's because it feels like at least one of them, probably more like two and three are are pretty obvious. So you would think. A, a when, not an if, but... Yeah, we've got we've got eyes and ears all over the the coaching carousel, the transfer portal and the NBA draft. So a lot more to come from us. We'll keep our eyes peeled and we'll see if the Big East can make it three teams in the Elite Eight uh, later tonight, which would be a really big deal. Already yeah, put some respect UConn. on the conference. I, exactly, exactly. And we'll see what Creighton and Xavier can do on Friday night here. Awesome. Can't wait for it. Me too, but this was fun. Do you like doing this uh, different type of episode? Oh, I loved first? it. A little short yeah. one and, and focus on the women. I love that. We are, we are minutes after the game too. Yes, so it, it worked out perfectly that we were literally able. This is just about as immediate of an immediate game recap as it can be. So awesome that it worked out this way. And it's not hard to talk about these games when it's two hours of pure adrenaline yeah. watching these screens. So I mean, pretty awesome. when has our schedules like ever worked out this no. well? Never. Uh, just for a little peek behind the scenes with Eva and I try to figure out when to record. This one actually worked out nicely. Yeah, it's about four to five hours earlier than we would normally record too, which exactly. is pretty nice. <laughs> so we will take that. But all right, that'll do it for us here on the State of the Nova Nation podcast presented by VU Hoops. Be sure to check out vuhoops.com for all your Villanova content all off season long. Uh, follow the show on Spotify, subscribe on iTunes, and follow us on Twitter at Pod. No set date for our next show but we will be back whenever there is some news to cover over the program hope everyone has an awesome weekend again really proud of this women's team and their sweet 16 run enjoy march madness we will talk to you at some point and nova nation Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, Just go to cars.com. It's magical.